Oh, you get to read the first paragraph for free. And then it is $3.99 a minute to continue reading the Financial Times. And the, the, don't get us wrong. The first paragraph is very much going to be the lead that you read in the tweet that made you click on this. Exactly. So you're not going to learn any more information. Oh, and by the way, this was a photo album you wanted to look at, not read. And you don't get to see any. Bye. Oh, uh, it's actually this article is a list of images and every image is its own unique web page. So you do have to click and load a new web page for every image you want to view and know that is you will have to pay for each one. And also you cannot just go back to what you were doing before. You'll be trapped in a never ending Jacob's Ladder of backwards to tabbing pages. You will never that, be able to backspace out of it. You will simply need to delete your browser and get a new one. Yeah. Chrome luckily, has become unusable. It's time to download Opera. It's all Luckily, over. you're using Chrome, and Microsoft Edge is still an option for you. Edge is also the uh, browser I've encountered that has the least issues with the Java plugin. It's I've never encountered a moment hmm. where, like many browsers, they just spontaneously reject the Java plugin. And, and sometimes Firefox just says, no. No, I'm, I'm yeah. afraid we can't do that. <laughs> that is a thing you may want, but it is not a thing we can provide. Move on, I'm sir. sorry. <laughs> you you came to Mozilla Firefox, and we will load Vimeo like a dream. But if you want to use YouTube, I am afraid you will have to take your business elsewhere. Now, what if that's because YouTube has a lot of intrusive tracking software, and Firefox doesn't want to allow that software access, and so YouTube just gets upset, temper tantrums, and shits the bed? Firefox may be right. You know, Firefox might they be may in be the right, moral but right. Sometimes it's it's like after the lunch lady's emails were leaked, and perhaps Britta and the activities committee made the right call by not bowing to terrorism. But at what cost? Yeah. Sometimes we just want to feel secure rather than free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, as much as you may know how bad. And I feel like I've talked about this like every week for the last three weeks. It's not the quarantine getting to me, I swear. It's not. But sometimes, though you know how bad chicken nuggets and french fries is at McDonald's, you need it. And it's three in the morning and there's nowhere else you can get hot, fresh food. Hot, fresh, quote, in quotations, food. <laughs> Imitation food. Yes. Um, and sometimes you just want those hot nugs. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah, sometimes you need those hot, crispy nugs. That's fine. Like, don't lie to yourself, but just, like, sometimes you just want the nugs, and that's okay. Yeah. Don't and tell yourself that they're good for you. Right. But it's okay to just need bad once in a while. It's fine. Yeah. Only one go-round, blah, 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 carpe diem, seize the day, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Everybody sometimes has their you want... face. <laughs> yes! Sometimes you want good, high-quality, delicious, well-made Mexican food, and sometimes you want fucking Taco Bell. And those are two different cravings, and when you crave Taco Bell, a quality burrito will not satisfy, because what you want is a completely separate strata of food called Taco Bell. I feel personally assaulted right now, but I'm willing to forgive people who've made, who've, who've accosted me unknowingly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Taco Bell is a godsend. Thank you very much. And then oh, yeah. some of the best food in the world. And average burritos are from Chipotle. Good burritos. Oh, <laughs> ooh, that's a that's a spicy hot. That take is dipped in Yo. Taco Bell fire sauce. No, uh, dude, it's wow. lava sauce. It's lava sauce. We're bringing oh, it back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shame on you. Fun fact. Hot and then we lava can actually sauce. talk about what this podcast is about. I want to pick up Geo chilies. Thermal <laughs> escapism sauce. <laughs> yes, I went to pick up chilies three days ago, and literally across the street there were forty. Count it. 40 people standing outside of Chipotle. <laughs> and to like, the first thought I had was, y'all gonna die on this cross. Like, this is this is the, what you're gonna break all the CDC suggested protocols for. A Chipotle burrito. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, no, I, I counted I can't. twice. It was 40 fucking people standing outside <laughs> next to each other. It was like I a can't testify for st louis but here in new york their uh, most businesses have taken it upon themselves to like with tape mark out like a good six to ten foot square yeah so yeah, you're sure. waiting in line at cvs but you're waiting in line at cvs across the entire store because <laughs> there's three people in front of you yeah sure and yeah chipotle i mean chipotle has and let me drag out these herculeanly large quotation marks around the word healthy but chipotle has healthy food thousand calorie burritos healthy food let me just erect these pylons of quotation marks kevin what you've done is you've put two parentheses on either side of this i think what you meant to do was quotation mark oh i see these are just very strong quotation marks go ahead these are very if you look next to it there is indeed a twin parentheses uh, and it is, uh, it, it could twin fucking circum. Thesis. If you joined these four quotation marks, you could indeed circumnavigate the globe. But I am using them to quote the word healthy in Chipotle's plan. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it is what it is. And you know what? At this point, I don't think anyone can judge anybody's food habits at this current time no. i don't i think it should be illegal for you to criticize what people are eating yes maybe maybe the best thing we can take from this is that the most efficient chipotle is one with a drive-thru maybe, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll see that maybe we'll we'll make we'll make that change happen in the future oh god a fucking chipotle drive-thru and yeah. you it's it's like Did the opening credits of the to burritos through the fucking window <laughs> it's it's like the opening credits of the flintstones when fred gets that huge rack of ribs that tips his car over you go for the fucking chipotle drive-thru and they hand you this burrito that is like the density of antimatter and your car just cannot withstand the fucking suspension gives out because of the girth of this burrito one does not simply drive through the Chipotle drive through in a Prius, Chad, you have to have a car with a strong axle. Most drive throughs have a little, like, only cars this tall uh, demarcation. <laughs> yeah. But the Chipotle one has a, your car must be this tall to drive through. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because... It, Hummers make a resurgence as we open up the Chipotle <laughs> drive-thru. They're the only vehicle that can withstand it. Your Mini Cooper is as big as the burrito you're about to eat. Yeah. It cannot withstand the Chipotle burrito. Jeep updates the Grand Cherokee to the Grand Chipotle edition. Exactly. More cultural um, appropriation for the Jeep brand. 
Yes. Yeah, the Jeep Cherokee, uh, the big, big chief drinky, the brought to you by Jeep. Big chief uh, drinky. In, in case you can't tell, I did indeed watch the end of season five and the beginning of season six of Community uh, this past weekend to sort of like reevaluate them. And I was curious. I haven't watched the season five finale like since it aired, basically. So I was, I was trying to. Uh, uh, see if I could reevaluate it. And now all these references are fucking fresh in my mind. I yeah, hope man. everyone's ready. Yep, you're going to be just jumping the shark all episode. Yeah, I'm going to be. Yeah, but the shark. <laughs> instead of being the point where the, the show. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was the best one. It was the uh, best. You know, spoilers for. I mean, I am excited. This is, of course, Advanced Community Studies. From here on out, for the foreseeable future, every week we are covering at least one great episode of community through at least the end of season two. Yeah. There is at least Very one great episode. Least, yeah. Every other episode. Very likely through the first 10 of season three. There's a little, there's a little lull before the, the law and order slash the, the middle to late half of season three, which is one of the most bananas things. The first three eps of season three are not, my fave they are not the the strongest eps of the of the series but this is also a season that has remedial chaos theory virtual systems analysis regional holiday music uh there are some fucking bangers in there. some bangers some bangers and a little mash and uh <laughs> and... <laughs> fucking hell dude yeah, uh, we we are the Greendale Three. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I choose shorts. Shorts! <laughs> I am one of your other hosts. I am Caleb to my friends, but you can call me Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> uh, excellent. Uh, of course, uh, the third is all of you listening at home. Uh, and uh, the third this week is also... Uh, Jen from the Community Rewatch podcast, who is our interview. Stay tuned after the regular episode for that. Um, yes, yes, yes. But uh, yes, we we uh, are entering uh, more or less the home stretch here. Yeah, of season, season one. Season is one. Moving. Yeah. Moving. Uh, hey, I have a doing them two at you. a time. Just you fucking move it a clip. Yeah, um, we have one, two, three, four, five, including this one we're recording right now, five episodes uh, of this show where we'll be covering season one left. Yeah. Crazy. I have a question for you. I believe yeah. last episode in, in referencing these two episodes, did I say that physical education was the episode where Shirley was a PE teacher? Was a PE teacher? I just edited well, I, that and I don't remember it. So you're having some sort of disassociative well, episode I had a, right I had a, I had a. I think I had a brain fart at one point where I was like, oh, this is the episode where Shirley and Troy take P.E. class. Uh, P- that is not till season four, my good dog. Yikes. OK, good. Because I was like, oh, no, this episode is about bullying. And then I watched it and was like, why was I worried about this? And realized <laughs> that I was I was just hoping I didn't say that on air. So I'm surely you'll edit this and I won't look like a complete buffoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. I'll edit it out. I'll edit it out. I'll edit it out. 
Um, yeah, spoilers for our discussion of this episode. Physical education is a hell of an episode of Community. Yes, uh, but uh, you know we'll do we'll do a little preamble. So uh, uh, the social media update of the week. Uh, some things came up on the Twitter account, and I was curious of getting your uh, thoughts and feelings on it. Uh, so one, and you know these are trying times. In these uncertain times, we're all looking for uh, comfort, and we all try to try to uh, seek a warm hug in our media. Um, and there was a, a thing that went around a few days ago, comfort movie, comfort TV show and comfort album. Uh, if you follow our show at Greendale three, uh, you saw my comfort movie was hot fuzz, but it's really any of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, comfort show is community, uh, and comfort album was a hangover. You don't deserve by bowling for soup. Uh, and Caleb, I am curious, uh, what yours might be. And yes, you do have to pick just one. Okay. That's totally fine. Movie is an easy choice for me. It's a social network. Um, that movie is not exactly a calming movie, I guess you I could find say. It very soothing. So I do find I. it very soothing. Okay, good. Are you being sarcastic? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, it's um <laughs> I have I have the same feeling about Fincher's Zodiac, um, where yeah. yes, that movie is about like a serial murderer, but it's really just like methodical and kind of slow. No one raises their voice. There's it's no a, shooting. It's a tone. It's a mood. They're it's, like his movies are moody and tony. It's like it's a tone. It's very piece. calming. Yeah. I find it very peaceful. Yeah. And that movie coupled with, uh, or that uh, direction coupled with Trent Reznor's score is very, very calming. And then when you add those two calming salves to your palate, <laughs> throwing Aaron Sorkin's word vomit writing into something, which I love. I'm a huge fan, but it is word porn. Absolutely. It's, sen- oh, it's absolutely. sentence porn. Absolutely. Completely. Uh, throwing that into that calm setting just kind of works. Yeah. A lot for me. I fucking love that movie. Also, it takes place in like the eastern on the eastern seaboard when it's always cloudy and rainy, which is a very cloudy, Seattle thing. rainy, a little snowy. It's yeah. very. It has this very like shut in like the '90s Little Women with Winona Ryder. It just has yeah, this very yeah, like yeah. warm interior feel. Yeah, it has a very Pacific Northwestern feel, <laughs> but but it's yeah, but it's not at all, and I love it. So yeah, that's my that's my go to when I stand by. I watch it at least three times a year. It's I love that movie. Um, it's a masterpiece because I can't with good conscience say that the social network soundtrack is my feel good album i will say this one's more recent but um there's a album called terraformer by a prog rock band called thank you scientist that okay. is very very good i don't think i've listened to an album as many times as i've listened to it in a very long time that's a good sign. Uh, it That's came out sign. last year in like May, and it was right when I started playing a game called Outer Wilds, which is a very isolationist game about trying to save the fate of the universe. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, those two went together so well that I can't listen to one without thinking of the other. Or play, I can't think of them independently. And they both mm-hmm. had a huge impact. And so Thank You, Scientist, I think I listened to all the way through every two days for about six months it's just incredible it's a 10 song album or 13 song album that's an hour and a half long so it's not a short listen by any (laughs) stretch of the term but uh i don't know man prog metal prog rock to me is soothing because i've got anxieties anxiety and depression and like part of listening to Prague is solving the time signature changes and remembering them and knowing when they come. So it was like a it was like an instant checklist I got to teach myself. And so then when it would come up, I'd be able to listen to it and go, oh yeah, da ding da ding da ding and check those things off. 
comfort show. Uh, you said you're going to make me pick one, and that's mean because before you started recording, you said everyone has more than one. But that's Everyone fine. has more than one, but you have to pick one. As yeah. did I. Yes, you did. You did. And yours, it was a phone-in. I get it. Okay, it's a phone-in. Fine. Uh, mine's backup, a, fo- mine's a phone-in, too. Mine's a phone-in, too. It's this okay. show. It's very much yeah. this show. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't be doing yeah. a podcast about this show if it didn't make us feel good. Exactly. Or if we did do a podcast on a show that didn't make us feel good, you wouldn't want to listen to it. Exactly. It it's, really it's just such a comforting place to be. Um, right before this, a uh, long-suffering girlfriend and I were watching Scrubs, and she was talking about um, how a comforting show usually takes place largely in one place. That it's like, <laughs> oh, we're always coming back to the Scrubs hospital, the Cheers bar, the the study room from Community. Dunder, Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin, uh, you know, again, the show is aged like dinosaur bones, but the How I Met Your Mother bar or their apartments, you know, they're, they're, there's this warm, comforting feeling of coming back to not only the same people or the same plots, but the same place. Patty's Pub. The three Ps, if you will. Pa- five Ps if it's Patty's Pub. Exactly. Yeah, It's Always <laughs> Sunny is definitely uh, hers. That's, that show uh, is, ugh, that show's so good. <laughs> it's a great show. Yeah, I don't know if it um, comforts me. I think it stresses me out, <laughs> but it's a good show. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, I love we, that show. It's we, great. we love it's always sunny. Uh, now, uh, one of the head writers is Megan Gans, famed community writer. Um, and uh, and just so one more. Now, Community never did a big crossover episode with another sitcom, uh, mm-hmm. and I am curious if you had. It doesn't have to be a sitcom, but like an idea for a Community crossover. I do. I do, Kevin, I do. And let me tell you, it. Um, if there is one way that this could be phoned in more, I am unaware. I felt bad okay. about my initial thought for the several days I had to think about this. And I kept trying uh-huh. to convince myself I could come up with something better. But I don't believe I can, so I'm just going to kind of own it. Um, Go for it. <laughs> uh, it's the easiest because it's another Dan Harmon project, but some of my favorite community episodes and some of the most off kilter ones are the ones where Abed gets in a weird headspace and everyone's animated. Oh, and mm, what better I see. way? So a Rick and Morty crossover. Yeah. What better way to let Abed flex his brain power than to let his dreamatorium take the entire study group into a universe where they have to help Rick and Morty do something to save the day. And yeah, perhaps darker, and perhaps the darker timeline shows up, and Rick and Morty have to help them, and vice versa. If there's sure. other Ricks and other Mortys, so I think that Check episode that. could be a chaotic blast. Season six sees Justin Roiland show up in Community already as an animated as character. Ice Cube Head, as Ice Cube <laughs> Head, yeah. So like that's 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 they've already done part of the legwork, and Ice Cube they could tease it by letting Ice Cube Head show up in an episode of. Rick and Morty to see how many people go, wait a minute. And then hold on. And then uh, just imagine the creative power of Abed, Troy, Rick Sanchez, and Mortimer Sanchez in one place. Morty Smith. Yes, we love it. Is it Smith? Um, Is it Morty Smith? I mean, yeah, he's oh. a Smith. He's a Smith because he's, his, he's Jerry's son. Rick's he's the daughter, spawn of Jerry. His daughter is, yeah, okay. All right. Well, yes. Yeah. No, you're Morty, good. Morty Smith and Rick Sanchez. You're good. I, I don't. I don't remember hearing uh, a Rick and Morty uh, crossover pitched in that thread. So I did. I double checked, buddy. Let me tell you, I didn't want to be that you, guy. You did your homework. Good for yes. you. Yes. Uh, okay. Great. Now let us uh, segue to oh, what no, we wait. must segue to. Why oh, why don't you have to answer those questions? 
because I did like five of them in that thread. But fine. so what is what is your choice for crossover? I uh, what I had is your a number one choice. My number one forced to pick one. I think I'll keep my crossover with FX's Justified, uh, where for some reason uh, U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens chases Boyd Crowder. Uh, who looks suspiciously like Mr. Stone from uh, Cooperative Polygraphy, uh, to the Greendale campus, uh, and there is some sort of, like, crazy hostage situation. You bring in the Southern crime, you can bring in some justified guest stars. Uh, That would be my... That one they would make just for me. That's sort of my dream uh, episode. I tried very hard to come up with how community could cross over with Lost, and there just isn't a good way. When when Oceanic (laughs) Flight 815 crashes on that island, uh, Abed, Annie, and Troy are like 13 years old. There's just it's it it just couldn't work. Yeah, sure. Community starts as Lost ends. The timeline it just doesn't match up. I I can't. It's as much as I want it. Unless you'd recast the community cast as preteens and made a Lord of the Flies style community episode where they're on a they plane crash and they have to survive on an island you're welcome then this Think would about just that become six years <laughs> this would just become the discovery kids original show uh flight 29 down where they said what if we did lost but for babies and that's all it was it was literally just lost but for preteens um, Man, and that I thought was, the slap was a really bad premise for a TV show, but I, I'm constantly surprised by other ones. It was like first... it was Corbin Blue, and then some <laughs> other. Of course, it was, <laughs> and then a bunch of nobodies I don't remember. Uh, but that was the Discovery Kids special at the time, where they had Endurance, uh, which was again literally just Survivor, but with preteens. Um, they had uh, Strange Days at Blake Holsey High, uh, which was kind of like X-Files for babies. You know, is it, that's all they did. They took an adult show and they made it for babies. Man, TV is a wild place. TV's a wild place. And a wi- another wild place is my fucking brain, uh, which <laughs> I have to write down all of my schedule religiously or I will forget it. But yes, I do remember Strange Days at Blake Holsey High. So, shall we segue into the episodes we are covering this week? If we please? are capable of it, yes. <laughs> Pretty please? Yes, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Starting with season one, episode 17, Physical Education, uh, yes. directed by Anthony Russo, written by Jesse Miller. Uh, Jeff joins a uh, billiards class in an attempt to look cool, uh, but is uh, met with opposition by uh, his professor, who's... Professor name I do not know, but it is character actor Coach, Blake Clark, which Coach you know Bogner. from Coach Bogner. I'm Coach Bogner. This is physical education. Yeah, it's Blake Clark, who you know from every Adam Sandler movie, like a hundred percent of Adam yes. Sandler movies. This dude is in, uh, and we love him. Much love to Blake Clark, uh, who gets down to his skibbies in this episode. Oh, much uh, less and... than that. Oh yes, and <laughs> oh, our skibbies not. Totally I naked? S- I think skivvies is your underwear. Uh, that you, You're probably right about that. Uh, we should ask Ian Duncan. And uh, <laughs> elsewhere, uh, uh, after finding uh, a bit of graffiti in a Spanish textbook, uh, the gang tries to teach Abed how to pick up a girl. Um, and this is just a wonderful episode of the TV show community. One of my personal it's things. It's very, very, very good. One. Yes. I, um, it's interesting, like... 
I feel like I beat a dead horse almost every time I'm on this podcast because I say I'm on this podcast every time we record this podcast because I like saying things over and over again. But this show just always reminds me, hey, we're good at this shit. We write (laughs) funny dialogues. We have characters you like that have strong motivations. It's so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Almost every, every episode. Um, I'm sure that's going to wear off eventually. Maybe it won't. I love the show too much. Uh, yeah. Um, even the worst, (laughs) even the worst community, the cast is so funny that it's only so bad. It, it can only get so not good even at its worst because you've got fucking Joel McHale and Danny Pudi, and you usually have Donald Glover, and you have Gillian, and you have uh, Allison. Like you have this incredible cast yeah. um, that can that can save almost anything. But there's no need to save it here. Is this uh, so? There's a, a recurring theme throughout Community of episodes where Jeff gets into uh, a jealous rage against usually a male opponent. Is this the first occasion of that? Is this the first time we get true, petty Jeff Winger? Christmas, yes. I don't think, counts. No, Because I would say that's that about STD, something else. I would say the STD fair is the first instance, because Pierce does neg him into taking up a date that he doesn't really actually want to be on. That's true, although this goes much, much yeah, further than that. That's passive Jeff, so Jeff aggression. That's Jeff being goaded into aggression. This is just Jeff, like... No, fuck you. I'm better than you. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. he's so... Vanity, thy name is his name. Uh, Whatever it, that guy's it, name is. <laughs> uh, it's first day. I didn't catch it. Uh, and it, it goes uh, so, so far. Did you notice uh, that this episode was very obviously supposed to happen after the Family Day episode for several reasons? Wait, no. Why do you say had to? Come uh, well, Jeff references Family Day to Leonard... And also, he's flirting with that girl in pool class, which he would not do if he and Slater were still in a relationship together. So this episode was obviously written after Family Day. Fuck me. Why didn't they just put it after? I don't know, but it's right. There's another instance in this show that I can think of where there is a easy to spot two episodes were switched around and it's not until midway through season three um but this is obviously and i'm and i'm checking the production code now and that is correct it is this was 118 and basic genealogy was shot as 117 uh so they were there is there's not much apart there's not much in either of these episodes that demands they be in a specific order so i wonder why they switch these up my guess is usually if an episode is done and it is of a higher quality than another episode you'll give those the old whoop to put your stronger foot forward and then Mm. you know if you catch them with billiards they might stick around through family day it's interesting though because they they did that right after communication studies which is a pretty solid episode and could have afforded a little bit of a lull but i'm just my, my mind's blown that i didn't pick up that jeff clearly says i heard all about your gambling problem from your son at family day despite the fact that family day is the next fucking episode it hasn't happened yet yeah i don't know uh, why i've never caught that i'm a little embarrassed but you know jeff has the time sickness he's seeing the future uh and it's not it's not a big deal it's a tiny little thing 
uh, and you can justify it in your head if you must, if it bothers you that much, dear listener. Can, you can just imagine that you're getting a flash forward with the Billiards episode or something to that effect. Yeah, maybe um, Family Day is yes. a weekend long and Jeff just called it the wrong thing. Sure. Who? <laughs> it's fine. It happens. And yeah, in season three, you know, they'll say welcome back from winter break, even though we've already had an episode after winter break. It's not a big, it happens all the time. I'm going to need you to really stop doing this to me all at once. You know what I mean? Like you can do it Sorry. to me slowly. Sorry. My brain is broken. Stop shoving this show's head up its own ass. <laughs> uh, to to quote the great Jeff Winger himself, yes. uh, who as shoots some, his as pool. One must. Who uh, somehow avoids a uh, charge as a sexual predator in this episode uh, for being completely naked in public. It was in uh, response. It was in response. I'll give him that defense. Sure, he was provoked into nakedness. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way he was get away. He had no choice. Whole asshole in public is if it was else nude self-defense. Yeah, it was new to self-defense. Look, Kevin, I if like someone to think... challenges you to a duel and you shoot and kill them. It's not your. You're not a murderer. They challenged you. So if Greendale if has stand your party... ground laws, but about nudity. <laughs> yes, if you run into someone who's nude and they so much as look in your direction, your subsequent nudity is not punishable by law. <laughs> right, because you were provoked. You were, you were provoked. Yes. Yeah. Greendale also cites the right of parlay. (laughs) They don't call it a stand your ground law there. They say it's a he did it. They call it the he did it first law. Um, He did it first. A law that was put into action by none other than Dean Pelton because he just wanted a reason to take a shirt off with Jeff. Absolutely. Uh, And this is not the first first like oh the dean has a crush on jeff thing but it's certainly the most obvious one so far when he's taking pictures of naked jeff and touching his abs and and this is where that relationship which will carry us through to the end of the show uh really gets started yes and it's also i mean you see just about everybody in the group peak everyone sees jeff's soul (laughs) i need to make sure i clarify i'm saying jeff's space soul sure that's no don't want to always sunny situation Uh, yeah you have to pay the troll toll to get into jeff's soul you have to pay the troll toll (laughs) to get in in. yes uh perfect and uh uh, elsewhere in non-jeff nude town you have one of my favorite uh plot lines from season one where they try to teach abed to pick up on uh girls he does his incredible don draper impression uh he uh (laughs) He becomes the kind of person that would go over and talk to Jenny, which is a, which is a vampire. <laughs> he just starts hissing Un- and fucking walking like a maniac. Unbelievable <laughs> physical work from Danny Pudi. It's very um, good. And you have uh, one of Pierce's, I don't know, five best lines. Oh, uh, dude, I read this line to somebody recently. It's very good. There's nothing sadder than a half Polish, half Arab virgin in his 30s. One way or another, that story ends with an explosion. (laughs) One way or another, that story ends with an explosion. (laughs) Oh, fuck me, that's good. (laughs) God damn it, that's good. All right, get the chickens off the runway. I'll be the bad guy. Yes, Abed. 
<laughs> get the chickens <laughs> off the runway. Um, incredible. I, uh, Senior Chang's uh, little uh, Jenny Adams. It's in the front of the book. Um, <laughs> he like chants and Pierce, uh, Pierce also says in that if all Chinese said oh please if all Chinese were psychic they'd have invented birth control years ago <laughs> oh Pierce has two <laughs> unbelievable moments good line two top five Pierce lines in one oh, fucking so episode unbelievable yeah it's a very fucking funny episode of community I, I think he might have three man when he says that the lines are heavy <laughs> so it must be that girl and then they say must Jenny Adams a... and he's like might as well be named Gravy Jones <laughs> Gravy Jones is an indeed an incredible name for a fat person oh, um, Lord. oh Pierce knocking it out of the park fucking for some reason Chevy it. doesn't like what he's been given but he has three incredible Incredible lines in this episode. It's so good, dude. Uh, and uh, we get White Joey. Uh, which <laughs> Dick... It's like Joey, but more employable. Pierce crushes it this episode. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like it's like Abed, but employable. How is Pierce the MVP of this episode? I don't know, this man. Is but very... he is. But he Poonie's is. incredible in this episode, and I think this is Joel coming into his own as a comedic actor and not just sure. a person who can deliver funny dialogue sure but god damn it how is chevy the mvp of this episode i don't know man because he's really good in the next one too he is even though that episode kind of stinks on ice yeah um, the episode's pretty lame and kind of drawn out but like the other moments that make me chuckle are half pierce they are there. Uh, that is, of course, season one, episode 18, uh, Basic Genealogy, directed by Ken Whittingham, written by Carrie Dornetto. Uh, Greendale has a family day because it is season one of a sitcom, so we have to have an episode where everyone's families show up. Uh, check <laughs> my works. Yeah. Check check the record. It's It checks out. Um <laughs> Uh, Pierce invites his ex-stepdaughter, played uh, by special guest star Catherine McPhee, future star of Smash. Abed brings uh, the, the triumphant return of Gooby Nadir, uh, and uh, uh, Shirley <laughs> brings her two boys, one of which is named after the uh, NBA all-star Michael Jordan. Uh, the Last Dances, Michael Jordan. And uh, uh, oh, yes. Britta falls afoul of Troy's very strict Oh my goodness, that this whole episode. So like, yes, it's an episode that is moderately filled with meh moments. But like, I, for the life of me, cannot move myself away from the just extreme cringe at Britta trying so hard to be like woke in this episode that she's like allowing, oh man. Every time Before like, we were using the, the word woke, Britta yeah. Perry was fucking trailblazing woke across the plains. And what's funny is when she does trailblaze that specific, I guess you could say lifestyle. One might even call it a lifestyle. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> she, she, when she does it, the whole room fucking groans at her. <laughs> because she's, like, like, ah. she's, she's the one that does it too much. Uh-huh. And she does like, it performatively. She she puts it in the wrong places. Yes. Uh, this is not where you should direct that sort of woke energy. My main problem with this episode 
uh, is that the Jeff plotline kind of stinks on ice. Like, it really, you know, first, the abrupt ending of things by Slater. That sucks. <laughs> that comes out of nowhere. Uh, and and it literally over. does I not get happen it. on camera. Uh, yeah, it barely occurs on yeah. camera. Yeah, they might as well have opened of the episode with Joel McHale coming in and saying, Slater broke up with me. Because for all the good it had to have her in this episode at all, you get one classic winger. If we're putting notches on the side of the table, you get one classic winger in this episode. Sure. Uh, where he's talking about the member of the group that wants to be left alone. Um, privacy smurf, discreet bear, or confidentiality spice. Okay. Good job, Jeff. Yeah, okay. excellent, Solid. excellent work. Uh, the rest of it leaves me pretty cold. I guess no offense to Catherine McPhee, but she's not really bringing anything to the table here, especially strong. Um, yeah, and she like kind of makes makes Joel's uh, Jeff like compromise the morality he's kind of the goodwill he's built up uh over the last few episodes he compromises that pretty quickly in this episode like the previous episode he's sees like him going burying... through a hard time yeah like the last episode sees him burying his whole soul sorry i said the wrong thing um <laughs> in in an effort to prove that he's not so egotistical that he can't change like that's that's abed's whole like nailing line because he gives the speech at the end of the last episode right it's the yeah. i'm i got he says oh britta i have i have confidence falling out of my butt like, Let's I can, face it, I'm kind of adorable. Yeah, like I can I can change who I am to help you guys because I'm comfort I'm comfortable with who I am. Like that's I love when when Abed takes the the Jeff speech <laughs> uh, responsibility, I guess. But like that's what motivates Jeff to get over his thing. And like even the episodes before that, we saw him being a good boyfriend and like changing who he is with Slater. And then like that ends. And I guess you, like you said, he may be going through a hard time, but he very quickly regresses into very shallow manhovenism. Yeah, uh, he's a real himbo, but not in a charming way. Yeah, no, no. At least Annie's around to call him on it. Sure, and that's all she does this episode. <laughs> yeah, she's it's literally just... Jeff's moral voice. That's it, that's it. She just shows up to criticize Jeff a couple of times, uh, and uh, and we move on with our with our lives. Uh, another redemptive part of this episode is when they go into Senior Chang's class, and he is roasting everyone's family. Yeah. Um, surprise! Starburns isn't a virgin, but judging by that Bluetooth headset, his son is Cha Ching. He's doing he's doing this fucking Andrew Dice Clay shit. Hey, Phantom Menace, how's the peace treaty how's going the with the no? Clap. Anyway, uh, yeah, Ken Jong, we love him. He's a very funny fucking man. Uh, and that is the best scene in this entire episode. Oh, you do also get uh, the windmill scene. Is, I was going to uh, say, uh, that, how we... that scene's very good. What are it's... you doing? You're supposed to know, idiot. <laughs> Ooh. Yes, it's very stop, good. Stop, stop underlining it. Stop Draw something else. <laughs> And you get uh, Officer Kakowski, who, between appearances, has gone from a school security guard to a full police officer. Yeah. Uh, props to Officer Kakowski. Making moves. Uh, and, and asking and the tough he, hitting questions. And asking, you know, this is not going to stop happening until Pictionary bans the word windmill. I love this implication <laughs> that this is a His rampant problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keeps happening in this man's line of work and he's like this must end 
I will be the one to stop it. This is the hill I've decided to die upon. I will stop Pictionary's campaign of terror. Also, uh, I love it's... his I love his response to Pierce asking whether or not coffee is just a metaphor for sex. And they go, what? And then he, he just, you forget he's there and he goes, does it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Is Officer it? Kukowski might be my favorite supporting character who never, like, ascends to be a main group member. Well, I fucking so love this guy. Walk to your car he's in Paris so tonight, fun. rapes up 8%. <laughs> 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 he just, every, every line fucking, oh, it's good. Yeah, every time he comes back and he's nice like, remember me, the here. cop you've known for five years? Like, every, ah, oh, god damn it. Craig Kukowski's a funny man. Officer Kukowski... Fucking round of applause. Yeah, I love good. you every time you show up, buddy. Never regret Snaps. it. Snaps. Snaps. There's some folks I think we use a little too much. I love Garrett. I think we get a little too much Garrett throughout the show. Uh, but goddamn, I am happy every Officer Kukowski appearance. Right. It fills me with such joy. Garrett's just so much. <laughs> every time. Garrett's a lot. He's and a lot. I... I feel like the show's a little mean to actor Eric Charles Nielsen, who plays Garrett, where, like, yes, you are making fun of how Garrett looks, but, like, this is a, a human man. But she looks dude. like... Chill a little bit, dude. <laughs> chill slightly. Like, I, I, what, I know if, that... But what if you fucking chilled? Just, like, a little bit on this just, man's feelings. It's like air. how I feel. It's my big sticking point with Parks and Rec, a show I like a lot. They are so fucking mean to this one dude for no reason. Oh my god. No, no Gary, reason. Gary, Jerry, it, Larry Gingrich. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it works on The Office because that is the tone of that show. And so Michael being mean to Toby, like, that makes sense. But, like, Leslie is fucking merciless to Jerry. Like, I don't understand it. And then they meet his family and, like, you feel better because Jerry is dating a, or married to a smoking hot wife and has beautiful daughters. And, like, he's Who just love a him champ. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's the best. Uh, but, you know, also, sorry, off topic, whatever. It's, it's it. the best part about this show. Uh, at the end of Parks and Rec, when they jump into the future, spoiler alert for a show that ended eight years ago. Um, <laughs> And, and Gary, I don't, Jerry, I don't even know his name. Gary, Just say it. Jerry, it's all of them. Go for it. When when Gergich is yeah, like old old, and his wife is still the same exact appearance. She doesn't age. A beautiful joke, a perfect joke. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Oh man, I love that show. Now I see. See, we started this with. I have two comfort shows on rotation, The Office and Community, because I couldn't get into Parks and Rec as a as a rotational show. I said that, and Parks and Rec very well knew that everyone gets to the moment I've had today, mm-hmm. where you realize, mm-hmm. maybe I do like this show a fucking lot. Maybe I do like this show a lot. It's the amount of Rashida Jones we should have gotten in The Office. It's Star-Lord before he was Star-Lord. Yeah, I mean, well, the Rashida Jones, we don't get more of her on The Office because she left The Office to go do Parks and Rec. Like, that's why that's why we don't get more Karen Filippelli is because she went to go star on a show as opposed to be the future ex-girlfriend of Jim Halpert. Always. (laughs) We always knew it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but if you're an actor and you are not a main cast member of the show... 
but you get into a relationship with a main cast member on the show, your days are numbered. They're always going to end up with a main <laughs> character on the show. Yeah, for sure. It's I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. Slater's days were always numbered unless they decided to add her to the main cast of Community. Are there any characters who date people that are not main characters of a show on a show? The the main cast member you are dating must be ancillary to most romantic plot lines. Retta, whose character name I forget on Parks and Rec, ends up with Keegan-Michael Key. Again, spoilers for a show that ended like eight years ago. Uh, Phoebe on Friends ends up with Paul Rudd. I think I remember that correctly. They can never be a Ben or a Leslie on Parks and Rec. They have to be a Donna. Her name Clearly, came to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't watched Parks and Rec since it ended. Again, apologies. I beg of your forgiveness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you a fucking rando can't marry Leslie Nope. They have to marry uh, Donna or Tom, who were never a real romantic contender. Interesting. Okay. I get that. The exception being like 30 Rock, but 30 Rock never had relationships within main cast members. That was never something they did. Sure, yeah. Where she ends up with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's James Marsden. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you mean Cyclops. They're both. Both. Same guy. Yes. Sex drives James Marsden. <laughs> that, that's the that is the poll that we'll, we will go with. That's Thank you. So uh, I'm sorry we didn't talk more about these episodes of Community. <laughs> as much as I like one of them, you know, there's not there's there's not the most meat on those bones. I would say. And then yeah. uh, basic genealogy, I just don't like talking about it. I don't want to. You can't make yeah, any. Sure. And I I do want to come back around. I was kind of harsh on our on our boy Jeff. I do want to come back around a little bit because he does end up taking the noble route. He has to In the get end. something for himself first, but he does end up taking the noble route in the end and defends Pierce's honor. And you do get, um, of course, uh, the iconic GIF I've been sent many times on our Twitter account where Jeff says, I hate Glee. I hate it so much. Uh, yes, thank you. I'm glad all of you know about that GIF and can send it to me. Um, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get that one a lot. I've made one or two pro Glee posts, and that always shows up. Just get fucking destroyed time. by that. That's awesome. I'm eviscerate. No, I forgot about the existence of this Jeff. <laughs> because Jeff you. doesn't like it, I must hate it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, uh, I've opened up the Word doc. It is time to rank these episodes in end tags. End tags first. Uh, currently at number one, the Spanish rap. Currently at number fifteen, the Traitor audition. Uh, first up, Bert and Bert Ernie. And Ernie. <laughs> oh my God! I am my cousin's funeral, funeral is today. today. I knew I couldn't do this. Poor Dimitri. <laughs> I almost introduced myself as Poor Dimitri, but I forgot his name, and I was pissed. I was like, uh, Calvin Coolidge. Poor Dimitri. Oh, Poor Dimitri. <laughs> oh shit. Um. That, for me, is mm, better than Slut. Better than Slut? Yeah. Mm. It's definitely better than Do You Hate This? Because it's... I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so here's my here's my reasoning for this. It's such a fucking heel turn. Because you're laughing at how sure. ridiculous and adorable this is. And then Troy's like, I'm late for... I'm missing a funeral for this. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. Uh, and I like heel turn episodes, like the squirt gun episodes, the squirt gun uh, end tag, which we will get to 
Have we gotten that? Have we gotten that? Oh, Pepper Water. It's our current number three. Oh, it's number my three. Friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one's up there because it's like this is sure. this is funny. Oh God, this is a lot funnier. So here is what will keep this tag down for me, and oh, no. this might sound pedantic. Oh boy. Both myself, the first few times I watched it, and my girlfriend seeing it for the first time last week didn't know what it was referencing. It was too hard to understand what it was. And it's like, oh, it's Burton Ernie. Like, it took me mm. so long to... F- I think I had to watch the commentary before I was like, oh, it's Bert and Ernie. Like, they don't have a rubber ducky. They no. don't... It didn't It didn't translate for me. Interesting. Um, so I'll, that... I'll, I'll take that. I caught it instantly, but I watched a fuck ton of fucking Sesame Street. So... Yeah. I don't want to. I'm not passing judgment. If you didn't watch Sesame Street that much when you were a kid, I'm sure you're a perfectly respectful adult, respectable adult. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sure you're not a terrible monster. And you're probably um, okay. All right. I'm just saying. No, I can't yeah. read. No one ever told me what the letter <laughs> of the day was. Um, okay. So uh, beneath slut, above, do you hate this? As sure. maybe like a, 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 a consolation. Yeah, sure. We can. I can do that. I can. I can accept that. Burton Ernie and Slut's next, still very good. Slut is still very good. Slut, slut is, very is good. a great pivot point. Is it funnier than Donald Glover screaming the word slut? And that that's a that's a great is, point of demarcation. Have, it is. Yeah, yeah. We have a good point of demarcation in both our episode log and our end tag log now. Yes. Um. So, <laughs> uh, next is the vending machine. Hmm. Not as good as Bert and Ernie. No. You know, the coil goes up Troy's butt. Yes, very good. Very it's funny. A, it's a payoff on a, so far, an entire season of Troy making jokes about how much he likes butt stuff. Yeah, it's the yeah, only time yeah. this is ever going to pay off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So for me, it's beneath Bert and Ernie. I don't know how you... Yeah, I think feel it's, about that. I think it's, I think I still laugh at that more than do you hate this. Okay. I think I am perfectly fine making it the with vending slot. machine being the new number 10. I think I hit G13. <laughs> I think I hit G13. All right. It's so funny to me. I like it so and much. So, and so we rank the episodes themselves. Uh, so for physical education, let's put this up against another episode that heavily features the gang taking over the supply closet is... This, our new number one above comparative religion. Um, I think, hmm, I, yeah, dude, comparative religion is really, really good, but this has really, really two, good. Two, but this has two really solid storylines that are substantive to the characters themselves. Is it substantive or substantial? Sub substantive. Substantive. Look at that. I learn something new every day. Possessing uh, of substance. Possessing of substance. Yeah. Comparative religion is really good. Yeah, this is tough. So it's definitely in the top three. Because right now our top two, comparative religion and then debate 109. And it's in there somewhere. Yo, Pierce is such a fucking force in this episode. He's a fucking dynamo in this episode but comparative religion has getting jeff ready for the fight and has <laughs> why does she have to be black and anthony michael Hall. why does she have to be 
and she had to be black. I forgot about that shit. Has all of that um, it is really good. But this one has but this one has Abed as as Don Draper. Don Draper. And you have Yo, can I just say this they sow the seeds for Han and fucking Annie a season and a half before we're gonna get it again. I know this is still the first the ship time I want the most on this show. I Abed want Abed and Annie. As much as we did say last episode, they obviously ran a communal pansexual household. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, my Abed still. would have to stay in character to pull that off because she's really mostly interested in Abed when he's playing a bad boy. It's true, but she does care for him when they... Oh, uh, we don't have to talk about this forever. I... <laughs> okay, hold on. Um, so let's, 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 let's put pin... it in the two slot. You want to put it in the two slot? Because I was about to say, like, let's take each character and say oh, yeah. which plot line was better. Okay, but we're going to... Okay. Yeah, I can do that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pin we this now. Let's do, let's do basic genealogy first, because I feel like this is slightly sure. easier. Sure. So basic sure. genealogy... Is it the new bottom? Is it beneath Spanish 101? Because that's where it might be at for me. Yeah, I mean, like we've said multiple times, not a lot happens in this episode that matters because most of it is completely reset by the end. When Jeff okay, has yeah. his, oh yeah, I was being dumb and just thinking with the wrong skull. That's Genealogy. All... <laughs> Dude, I had to, that I had to word look. sucks, don't worry. That word sucks Oops. a lot. Clicked on someone's fucking... Who's Carrie Donetta? <laughs> yeah, the writer Carrie Donetta. Uh, basic genealogy, our new number 17. The bottom of the list, and will be for some time. It's gonna be... Well, maybe not. We got we got a, we got a rough one coming up still uh, later in yeah, season We got one. a stinker. We got it one more stinker before we're clear out of season one, and then it's fucking smooth sailing. Yes. Okay. Physical education. All right. Jeff Poole or Jeff Bully? I'm going to say Jeff Bully. Pit the characters' plot lines against themselves because I truly cannot make up my mind here. Um, I'm going to say Jeff Bully. Jeff Bully works on that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Britta Bagel versus Britta This Is Gay. Britta Bagel. Britta Bagel. Yeah. Abed... Vully victim or Abed flirting? Obviously, it's Abed flirting. You said Vully victim. Vully victim, uh, <laughs> which is flirting. of course it's Latin for something very. Vully Vully victim is Latin. Troy, get Jeff ready for the fight. Troy, date coach. Troy has too many fucking good moments in the Christmas episode. Yeah. Where he's yeah. teaching Jeff how to fight. Forrest Whitaker eye. Yeah. Um, so we're tied 2-2. Okay. We're tied 2-2. God, two. we're still 2-2. Two, two. Fuck. Yep. Uh, Annie yep. interested in Abed Don Draper or Annie uh, being Jewish in the Christmas episode. So that's that's point in physical education, I feel. Um, yeah. Plus she, she peeks through her fingies to look at Jeff and that's funny. Yeah, there are fingies um, to look at his bumholio. Pierce, we've already decided. Yep. All cool. right. So it's four two. It's four two right now. In favor. Shirley of... is not a major factor. I mean, Shirley Christmas. Yeah. Oh, for Shirley, Shirley Christmas wins. Yeah. So four three, one hundred percent. Chang, Chang Christmas. He lets the bully I'll into the it. Spanish classroom. I'll allow, I'll allow it. it. <laughs> is over him 
reading the reading his mind. That's four four. Uh, who's left? The dean. No, the dean the, is Mister not... Winter in the Very Christmas episode. Very happy. <laughs> and the dean is uh, taking pictures of naked Jeff. Taking pictures of naked Jeff is better than Mary Happy to me. I agree. So, I mean, if that that's our cast, right? Four, five? By by a slim, narrow margin, it's physical education as the new number one. Yeah, I can't think of anybody Mathematically else. Mathematically proven. <laughs> it is undeniable at this point that we wow. have we have we've made the formula the formula has been made complete. We we uh, our ability to rank out. our ability to rank can no longer be challenged. It can no longer be called into question. We no. are now uh, infallible in this regard. Uh, great. <laughs> so, uh, can you let the fine folks yeah. know what you've been up to and where they can find you? Well, you can find me at my house, which is 20... I'm just kidding. Um, my <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at LubWub. If you like, that's L-U-B-W-U-B, no spaces, underscores, anything fancy. Um, if you like video games... Um, I do stuff through nerdybits.com or nerdy underscore bits on Twitter. Uh, we just got a Patreon and a merch store. And we just posted a couple of video reviews, one for XCOM, which I very much like. I like okay. the XCOM games. Um, other than that, I'm working on some comic scripts that you're not going to know more about until they can <laughs> become a thing. So, yeah. Video games, if you like them. If not, just follow me. I'm kind of cool when I talk about video games. If you don't like video games, I'm really boring to you. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, let's see. There's riches follow and the niches, show. Kevin. There's riches and niches. That's what I'm saying. All right, and, go for it. And go. Uh, niches get stitches. Uh, follow the show <laughs> at Greendale3. We post some uh, funny stuff over there. Um, follow me, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Uh, if you want to support this show, Patreon, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin, uh, and, uh, check out, uh, my week daily comic, Patty Plague Doc, uh, that is, uh, on an Instagram, Patty Plague Doc, and you can also find it on that same said Twitter. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, what's looking at us next week? Ooh, another great episode, and... A very sneaky episode. And uh, for now, we have been the Greendale 3. Stay tuned for our interview with Jen. But for now, pop, pop. Give me some more. So funny. Yes. Uh, let's get let's get Pedro Pascal in that movie. I'm telling Please. you. I'm telling you. I Please. book Pedro Pascal for the inevitable community movie. I don't even care. You know what? Like, actually, you no. Know, I take it back. I know what he will play. He will play a pirate, one of the pirates that took uh, Troy mm. and Lavar Burton hostage. That's it. He's like the, the leader of the pirates, and he's this nefarious person. Um, that's that's who he's gonna be. It's it's very that is... it's very. 
it would be very fun to see him do that. Not a bad fan cast, I gotta Thank say. You. If we're if we are if we are working in the Pedro look, somewhere in here, look, I think I'm just, that I'm is just saying. Sterling. I know I know Dan said it on the on the community Q and A and that it writes itself. But I have joked for years with the people. The inevitable community movie would have to be about the group learning that Troy is still out there somewhere. And spending the whole movie going to rescue him. And it would be perfect for Donald Glover's schedule because he wouldn't need to be in two-thirds of the movie until they rescue him. He could be in the last third, the final thing. You get him for a couple weeks to film whatever the third act is. And then the rest of it you can shoot out in a day. Yep. Of, of him and LeVar Burton chained up on a wall yeah, somewhere or yeah. something. It's, it, if you're thinking economically, Annie's got a perf. Annie's got an FBI internship. She gets a tip. She gets the group back together. Everyone uh, just goes and goes on a big uh, adventure to save him. And that's what's going to happen. And... Uh, Dan, if you and for help. whatever reason, the pirates use paintballs. And you know, bada bing, <laughs> bada boom, movie like, is that be the bit. That's like the running thing is like they're not like murderous uh, pirates. They're not actually trying to kill him. So like they're semi dangerous. So like paintballs hurt, but they're not going to like kill people. <laughs> they just uh, hold them up with paintball wars. And that's how they find them. It's just a string of like mysterious paintball residue that's they, left over just paint that's how it's you know that's how they track them down annie starts to piece all this together she calls up her friends i'm telling you dan Harmon, you're obviously listening to this i can help you come on this. you're you're egomaniacal enough <laughs> Look, to listen to yeah, all of these community right. i can shows. help you write it just, just get on call. in here yeah. just like you know we this is of course the uh, guest interview portion of advanced community studies and uh, joining me a community podcaster extraordinaire this is Jen from the community rewatch podcast oh, extraordinaire that feels like such a such a lofty title <laughs> I don't know slap if it on a business card the extraordinaire <laughs> I, think, I think I'm just figuring it out as I go like my my audio editor can attest to that we're just kind of like <laughs> we're trying things out seeing how it goes extraordinaire in training extraordinaire in the making okay. Okay, I like the extraordinary in training. So, like, I'll just I'll future make myself a... extraordinary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, future. I like that future extraordinary. Yeah, there's a bumper sticker on your parents' car, and it says, "My child it's is a future, a future podcasting yeah, extraordinary." Future podcaster extraordinary. Who cares about those stick families with the dogs and the children? This is what this. Uh, this is what this I want none of it. No. You think you're being Mm-mm. cute because they're like Star Wars characters or whatever, <laughs> but it's the same lame stuff. I want a a, 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 a podcasting honor student bumper sticker. I feel like in I feel like after this, this is what has to be produced because of how many people have started podcasts during quarantine. <laughs> so uh, let me let me give you the introductory uh, question that I ask most guests who join me on the show. Can you tell me a little bit about your community journey? How did you come to the show? How long have you been with it? That that sort of deal. I always love talking about this because this is also what I ask people because I love hearing about like, how did you find the show? Did you watch it live? Um, so I started watching the show 
the summer after the season one finale aired because I hadn't watched it at the time. I was watching the NBC lineup, like other shows, I think, sort of, half-heartedly. And uh, a friend of mine had told me before the finale, before Pascal's Triangle, like, you should watch the show. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, well, I liked Joel McHale from The Soup. I liked Yvette Nicole Brown and Drake and Josh. And sure, you know, maybe (laughs) I'll eventually give it. It was one of those things where it was like, maybe I'll eventually I'll give it a try. Um, But after Pascal's uh, finale that aired, um, she was like, you need to watch this show. And she specifically (laughs) said it because she knew that I would be a fan of Jeff and Annie. (laughs) And she was like luring me in with that promise. Like, you need to watch the show. So I was like, okay, usually if you recommend something, it's good. Um, And so I remember watching the first couple of episodes and I did not love it. I was a little bit worried that people were overhyping it for me. Um, I was kind of like, oh no, am I going to be that one person who doesn't like this show that everyone Mm -hmm. thinks it's so brilliant and wonderful and it was the um the scene in football feminism and you on the football field with jeff and troy's back and forth little exchange um like you're saying it's in your blood and that made me laugh out loud like i was surprised at how i laughed out loud and i was like okay all right i think i get what this show is about now and so after that was pretty hooked um and i watched it uh live in season two and then by season three i was at a job where i wasn't really using the degree because i have a degree in creative writing and i was you know really wanting to write something so i went back to the same friend and i said hey so if i start writing reviews for like season three of community would you read them and she's like absolutely and i was like well she's gonna be the only person who ever reads them so i started doing reviews in season three and wrote the premiere review and then um decided to write the next one was geography of global conflict so i was like okay really liked the episode had a lot to say about it and when i finished the review i just on a whim was like yeah i'll hop on twitter and tweet this out to dan Harmon." um and i did not literally think anything of it and went back to work and uh like a couple hours later i got a response from him that was uh that was great review kiddo. I just devoured that in an airport bar. It was exactly what I needed. And that kind of sparked people following me from the community fandom. So I was like, dang, the person who created the thing that I love, like liked the thing that I wrote about his show. That's crazy. So, uh, yeah, since then, uh, since that point, I reviewed the show all the way up until it ended in the Yahoo season. And for years it was this constant, um, I talk about this with people who weren't in like the fandom in season three, but it was, it was such a stressful and crazy time to be part of a fandom because social media was kind of starting to pick up a whole lot. And by season three, everyone was doing like, you know, the show got pulled from the schedule. Um, so regional holiday music, we had no idea when the next episode was going to air. And it was like three months later before they put community back on the schedule and we got a new episode. So it was like during that time, I learned so much from friends who were just tweeting and there was a letter writing campaign, I remember, because I mailed a whole bunch of letters into NBC. um, And I just remember people being like, we need to save the show, we need to save the show. And so every season after that, it was a constant like, 
is the show going to be renewed? Is this the last episode? Is this the last episode? And by season five, I was like, this is the last episode. And then they were like, Yahoo has a streaming service. And I was like, Yahoo has Are a streaming sure? service? Are you sure? Really? Are you positive uh, it does? Okay. First time hearing about it. But sure, if there's another season, I guess I'll watch it. And at this point, it was it was so, like, it's just so funny to me because I was, like, so, I was a little bit worn out. I'm not going to lie. And I think everyone who followed me at that point was like, Jen is so tired of, like, the show like being like this is the last review I'll ever write and if this is how it ends this is how it ends and I didn't like the ending of season five if it was a series finale and thankfully season six rolled around and and gave us a few more episodes uh, and then a series finale uh but it was yeah it was crazy and um it was just one of the things where I was like this is such a roller coaster to fandom to be part of while all of these things are happening so it yeah it's just been great and then um, once the the cast got back together for that variety panel, I was kind of I was already starting to s- sort of rewatch the show when it was on Hulu, and then obviously it um, came on to Netflix at the beginning of April. And um, when it was on Hulu, I remember kind of thinking at the end of uh, end of 2019, like you know, I wonder if like wonder if anyone would be interested in still talking about the show. It turns out I still have a lot of feelings about it, and it's been years since it ended. <laughs> Maybe other people still have feelings about it, too. I started to think, well, maybe maybe other people have the same feelings. And um, and sure enough, they do. <laughs> and so it's been, yeah, it's just been crazy because I, I don't think if you would have told me like 10 years ago, this many people would still care about community, I would have believed you. <laughs> but like, yeah, in 2020, there's going to be a global pandemic. You're all going to be locked in your houses and everyone's going <laughs> to love community. And I'm like, are you mm, really? Really? Um, in 2020? Yeah, now? Yeah, Again? Yeah. Because it was hard to get people to love it when it was happening. It's and you're true. telling me they're going to love it yeah. now? Like, oh, so people are going to discover the show and there's going to be like a, a table read with the cast all reuniting and there's going to be, it's going to be on Netflix. Like, um, yeah, I just, I, it's so, it's crazy to me. I, I love that people are discovering the show rediscovering the show that people are still talking about it because even though i have a lot of um a lot of criticism and and critiques about the show uh because you you know even though i love it it's definitely not perfect uh it's just been so much fun to talk with other people about it i have found so much joy and it will always have a very special place in my heart and make me sob and laugh hysterically often in the same episode i i realized it when we were watching when the table read was mm, starting yeah and i just compulsively started like crying yeah like sitting <laughs> on the floor in front of my coffee <laughs> table just started That's crying it. i was like That's there is it. is there anything else that will ever take the place of this show i don't for I don't, me i don't know i don't think it's possible I'm not yeah. I'm not as young anymore, so I it's more about rewatching now mm-hmm. than it is about like getting deeply invested in new shows. Yeah. There's never going to be another show that I watch over and over again like this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I I don't see how there could be. I'm also not in high school anymore mm-hmm. when I had a lot more time to just watch shows. Oh over my gosh, you were in high school again. when this aired. I was uh, high school for the first couple years. Oh, uh, so, so, uh, my gosh, I'm so old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's okay. It's podcaster. I'm not that old. Um, but like whenever yeah. someone mentions like high school or like the, the other podcaster I talked to. The existence of high school. I was like, I, I um, heard the phrase middle school uh, once when someone was telling me, another podcaster was telling me like when they started watching, I was like, oh, oh, oh. 
oh my gosh, middle school. <laughs> anyway. I spend um, a lot of summers working with high schoolers. Yeah. And this was the first summer that I was like, these kids were born after 9-11. Yeah, right? And I looked at a picture of Dorian Gray and turned into a fucking skeleton. I died. 9-11. Like, they were, it's just, it, there's... They weren't alive they weren't for alive. it. Like, it, it just... It my mind. I, it's crazy. It's, to quote John Mulaney, strange the passage of time. <laughs> so I want to circle back around to only a small nugget of, uh, of what you've brought to the table mm-hmm. here. Oh. So it's... Not not through my own design, uh, but just happenstance uh, for, for all the guests we've had on this show. You are the first one who is very pro Jeff and Annie, and I am excited to hear your side. Everyone Ooh. can please get off of my case. <laughs> I'm not, I am not breeding anti-Jeff and Annie sentiment. I am not here to, to mock your so favorite happy. shit, but it's time to get the voice of the opposition onto the show. Ooh. This is an, a, this is your platform. The first. Oh. The first, because you're uh, the fifth or so guest that I've oh, had on this show. Makes me happy. And many of them have brought up specifically how they don't like Jeff and Annie. You know, uh, and one remained entitled. very neutral. And everyone's entitled to their opinions. Totally fine. Totally get it. Absolutely. They're Absolutely. reasonable. And I think that one of the things I have to say outright is just because everyone, I don't, maybe not everyone. People assumed this, and I think especially when the show was airing, that just because I loved Jeff and Annie together meant that somehow I hated Britta, and that is not even remotely true. That's I absolutely, not true. Guys, you're perpetuating this idea that women are always in competition, and that's not okay. We don't have cool. to... We, they, you can like Britta. both of them. It, both can it's be okay. True. Both can be true. I can love And you can Jeff. like Shirley, and yes. you can like Slater, yeah, well, and you can like mm, Kendra can with like a Slater? Q you if you want yeah. uh it's fine i mean i do like i love slater i am <laughs> i am a tremendous slater fan and now see we... you're one of the first people that i've interacted either i've heard really? people feel very neutral about her or i personally am just like maybe it's just the way that she was written that i cannot for the life of me stand her so this is a very pro slater household okay. so i'm All not right. i'm not you know i'm not telling you to take your shoes off but let you know tread <gasps> Lightly. I'm just so I'm so intrigued by that. So because yeah, a lot of times I hear it's very common to to fall on one side of either. Well, I guess that there were always three sides when the show was airing. It was either you were pro Jeff Annie, pro Jeff Britta, or neutral and thinks no one should be with anyone on the show. So it was like three different camps that people kind of fell into. Uh, and that's an argument I'll hear out is that none of these people should be together. I... I have I have a lot of complicated thoughts about the show and relationships, and that's one of the stumbling blocks that I feel like the show. It's it's one thing if you listen to the things that I talk about where I'm very critical about because I think that it, a lot of it came from the place that Dan Harmon was in and a lot of the things that he inserted into the show. Even if you listen to, so there's a, you know, we're talking about season five, there's a commentary track that a lot of people who are very pro Jeff Annie like to quote, which is Dan Harmon saying, you know, Annie is the one who opened the door. And and as an errant, when I watched it, I fell very on the side of, I was very cynical by this point about Jeff and Annie. So I was like, no, everyone, he looked at everyone and then the door opened and, and that's what caused it. And Dan was very, you know, 
vocal on the commentary track and said, no, it's not because he looked at everyone. It's because he looked at Annie, you know, he's in just in love with Annie and his heart opened the door. And what people often forget to, to comment is the last part of the, that's not all that he says. He then says, what a comedy. And that always, that always gets me because it's like, it was always like that when it came to romance in the show is that there was always these sincere moments and then just this hint of bitterness, like that, that romance existed and that, you know, people would be shipping characters on a show. And, and I feel like a lot of the times the show tried to be subversive in that, um, in that area and they only did it to the detriment of the characters. Honestly, I think that at the end of the day, the show didn't know how to write romances well, any of these characters. And so that was the problem was that none of these characters, if you look at all of the characters, none of them end up with anyone by the end or happily, even Shirley. Like, you know, it, it speaks volumes, I think, to how, how the priority that romance played in the show, which I get. I get that to an extent, but I think that you lose something in a show you lose something about humanity because yeah romance isn't all of what humanity is but that was a way that the show could have humanized the characters if they would have only actually committed um sorry this is the soapbox that i get on when i talk about the show listen i got the soapbox out for you (laughs) i dusted it off i knew it was going to be put to use there's even a red carpet that led up to it i've written extensively about this um i have talked about it for years and years and i will always talk about it even among people who were very pro jeff annie um one of my my friend who introduced me we often go on tangents talking about how the show couldn't really decide if annie was supposed to be 18 if she was supposed to be six years old if she was supposed to be like a 40 year old like from from week to week it was like whatever uh-huh. they whatever they wanted allison brie to be if, she, if they wanted her to be you know twirling her hair around her finger like a child but the episode before the season finale she makes very you know adult mature decisions about her life and relationships then they would do that for the sake of you know doing it and i think that that was that was the problem for me is that the way that the show blanketed romances sometimes made it seem like we can't be both. We can't have these romances that we focus on and also be homage or also be very uh, subversive and, and creative. But that's also definitely not how life works. <laughs> like life has, whether or not you want to admit it, like life has romance, life has you know love and people falling in love and i think that a lot of a lot of the show's problems stemmed from the inability to be able to actually tackle those subjects in as real of a way that they would tackle in a movie homage you know i i find that the you know because after the first season Mm -hmm. is over we we don't abandon romance but it certainly becomes okay this is an episode where we focus on romance and then we don't talk about it for nine episodes yeah. and then we kind of come back to it. <laughs> Which, Once, it, it, I, it just shows what, uh, like you said, mm-hmm. the, where their priorities love. Yeah. Uh, where they were, and I, uh, I don't think Dan Harmon was interested in telling these love stories. In yeah. season one, the love stories kind of feel perfunctory Mm -hmm. watching them now it feels like we are doing this because this is what a sitcom does Mm -hmm. in a 
uh, JD and Elliot mm. in a Jim and Pam mm-hmm. world, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the community is only barely interested in romance more than like 30 Rock, where yeah. romance was always like a joke. Yeah. Um, and the episodes of season one that I think showcase the characters as a couple, uh, uh, um, as, as like two pairings of, oh, I could see how these two work, are not the episodes where they focus on we're doing a Jeff and Britta romance episode. Mm-hmm. It's when you let these characters just coexist yeah. and bounce off of each yeah, other. Yeah, I don't, like, I, I think that that's the problem though, is that, um, I mean, I've said that that's the problem a lot of times because there are a lot of problems. Uh, you know, there are I, problems on the show. It's not a perfect piece of, no it, show is perfect. No, and I think that in order to acknowledge some of the things and looking back on rewatching some of these episodes, I think that the the they didn't have to do a huge like, oh my gosh, here's this, here's the episode where we do a rom-com homage and here's an episode where we have all these big things. It's, it's those character, genuine character moments that I stayed for in the show and I just wish that the the elements that worked of oh we can acknowledge this we can um, we can give it the same weight that we would give any other story I think that that was the the disconnect for me is like it never seemed to have the same kind of level of priority as other things and in the end what you end up happening what ends up happening is that it almost feels like you throw in these scenes and you throw shippers a bone and that's what it felt like for a lot of years it was like cool so Jeff and Annie don't you know have this moment and they don't acknowledge it for 10 episodes and then you have one scene where they make googly eyes at each other and then we move on like but that's not good storytelling in my opinion either it's you can't just write something refuse to acknowledge it because it's uncomfortable and then say at the end of the season oh yeah yeah no no he's he's you know he has feelings for her it's like but you there's no way that you told me that story like that story doesn't connect in the way that like Troy's story for the air conditioning uh, repair annex connects like you you have to tell if you're going to tell a story and I think that that was just the fear was oh no we can't tell romance because then we're going to get bogged down in feelings and love and that's just not funny and I think that that was where I landed on why they never did it and I would cite so many other shows that are funny and have romances and are able to tell those stories. I just don't think the show ever wanted to pull the trigger, but in not pulling the trigger, it actually did a bigger disservice in my opinion to, to romance in general and to the couples specifically to Jeff and Annie, because they liked to kind of throw us little bones here and there. Like, look at this cute scene. Look at this cute scene. Look at this cute scene. And then by the end of the series, you're like, Jeff's in love with Annie. And I don't feel like we got there the way that we should have gotten there. Like, it just felt like, okay, but you know, we really haven't had any sort of lead up to this over the last, you know, year. So yeah, I mean, I, I will always love Jeff and Annie as a couple. Um, I love Jeff and Britta as scheming buddies. I think that they need their BFFs. <laughs> I want them in lots of scenes together and I want them to just be pulling pranks and scheming and being bad at it together. Um, and and yeah, I, I think that the, the problem was always that the show only gave us little nuggets and then said, hey, here's, here's some crumbs. Just, you know, go on Tumblr and jiff the crap out of this and then we'll call it good. And that just really isn't good storytelling for me. So soapbox, 
on <laughs> because I could literally talk for another two hours about this, but I won't for your, the sake of your audience. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And I'm sure, you know, if you, if you want to hear more, oh, I'm sure yeah, you can no, stop no, by yeah. the community rewatch Please podcast. We will get, I keep promising um, that we will have whole episodes devoted to this and we will, it will be like a multi-part series over the next 10 years. Um, for sure. I, um, uh, I, I think, um, there's, some very interesting um, points in in what you brought up. My reading of the end has always been that Jeff and Annie are, it could have been something, but when she's like, kiss me goodbye or you'll regret it forever, that is not them deciding to be a couple. No. That is... A, a, a beautiful moment if these two never see each other. It's like yeah. a Casablanca yeah. well, kind of deal. That's how I always... Where they also uh, dig on the Marvel movies. Yes. You know, they always, <laughs> because it's community. That's how I always read it. It's like, you know, the... And what's really interesting to me always about that scene is that we never... Alison Brie does such a good job very subtly when she walks... Like, you watch her face when Jeff makes his confession of, like, I let you go. Like, you don't... You can't really read exactly all the things she's feeling. So I've always... Kind kind of been like a that's the Jeff his Jeff moment saying okay if I never see you again like I need you to know how I feel kind of thing um but then I don't think that they ride off into the sunset together I think that Annie and Jeff realize at that point like okay it's it's too late right now um but if we never get a chance to explore this further if this never works out again like Annie's like I know you're gonna regret this like if you don't do it so I I want you to do it in the community movie when everyone's older and maybe their lives come back together. I think that in that way, it is like a little bit of a star crossed, like that we just never got the timing right. So you know what, this is maybe goodbye for a little bit, maybe goodbye forever. Who's to say, but I got to go out into the world and to, to the show's credit, we always knew like, and Jeff knew he's grown so much that he knew that he would not stop her from doing that because that would be incredibly selfish, him preventing her from leaving, even though getting glimpses into his heart, like there's a part of him that probably wanted to keep her there. Um, but you know, they, they do a good job of conveying that like Jeff has grown. He is selfless. Selfless means sending the person that you care about off into the world and not knowing if you're going to get your chance again. And so I think that that, that was a nice little, and I just wish we would have gotten more that led to that. I don't think that there was enough to kind of communicate that there were feelings um, besides the season five finale. But even so, you had to read into that via a commentary track uh, to yeah, kind of that, get that. That scene leaves itself open to yeah. interpretation. Yeah. So, um, and, yeah. you know, death of the author, you can take Dan Harmon at his word or not. Yeah, and exactly. you can you can say whether or not the intent was one thing. Mm -hmm. The execution is a whole nother thing. It's true. Um, and, and, you know, for any uh, viewer that doesn't listen to those commentary tracks, because there are a few like us who uh, mm -hmm. have held on to our DVDs, um, it's, it's, uh, it can really go either way. Uh, I think there was some hesitation on uh, all of their parts that because of the incredible age gap between these two characters. I don't even know about between the two actors. I think Alison yeah, Brie is no, they're much like, older than Annie. Yes, she is. Um, but, you know, when the show begins, she's 18 and Jeff is 
upper 30s, uh, you know, like literally twice her age. And I think there was some trepidation to committing to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will also say that there is there is no group of people that watches a show more passionately than shippers. (laughs) There is no one more committed to what they are watching than shippers. There is also no one. (laughs) There is also no one more difficult to please in the entire world than people that watch a TV show Mm -hmm. and are really committed to one couple. Yeah. And I Um, I would, I would agree. I think that one of the things that um, was hard is that you assuming like, uh, you know, assuming that, okay, everyone who watches this must, you know, only be, be in it for the romance. I mean, look, I am a huge Jeff and Annie person. I love them, sure. but I, I watch the show for more than that. And it's more Absolutely. than that. It's more than just that. But I think, you know, there are people who watch things primarily for the romance and good on them. Like you're still, and that's fine. Things. Yeah. That's totally okay. Whatever you want to watch things for is valid. I think treating, treating when, when shows shows that i love treat uh those elements and hold them in tension with okay if someone's only watching you know for this i want to respect them and but also respect the story that we're telling and and that kind of thing and i think that um you know it it's hard because do i ever feel like the show respected a, a romance in general as something to be held up as in high esteem as uh, a punchline? No, I mean, it really never wrote romance well. I mean, Shirley, look at Shirley's character. I won't even get into that, but like, oh, that is screwed Shirley over five ways to Sunday when it came to romance. And it's just so disappointing, like, and and love and, and, you know, having characters be able to be happy in love. And and a lot of that does come from, uh, you know, sometimes unintentional trickle down from creators and, and things like that. I think we see that pretty clearly in other shows is a lot of how a creator feels influences how things are, stories are told. And I think that that's fine to a point. I think that, you know, when you get, when you get a show like community that was so good in so many different areas, it was so genius. It was so uh, good at storytelling. And then you have this one area that's a pretty significant area to humanity uh, <laughs> it, that it just never either, uh, either never addressed or when it did, it, it did it very poorly. You're kind of like, Ooh, but you guys did so good in so many other areas. How come this one, you couldn't, you couldn't nail it. Uh, I think that that's to me the more disappointing thing is like they didn't, you know, it, it's one thing to try and fail and to try and write something and to have it be like, eh, we tried, we tried doing this thing and it didn't super work out um, the way that we intended versus like, let me just skirt around this issue and never quite tell a story. But then you'll be able to say we kind of did. I think that right. that's always harder for me to grapple with. But just uh, just take all of this and shove it into <laughs> a first episode of <laughs> the, the the big shipping problem. A yeah, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, the show becomes such an incredible treatise on our relationship to pop culture. It's such mm-hmm. a great piece on agape love, like yeah. familial friendship love. Mm-hmm. And the 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 romance question whether due to their own disinterest, their own indecision, mm-hmm. it never fully sticks this landing. No. It it just and there are great moments throughout and i i kind of love in the season five finale when jeff and britta suddenly decide they're going to get married um which is 
<sighs> like the third time Jeff and Britta <sighs> almost get married on a whim. It's Sigh. like this incredible <laughs> comedy comes. I They're thought just, it was, I, mean, I think it's very funny. And yeah. I don't think They're my read of it is true. not the show, you know, dismissing Jeff and Britta shippers. Yeah. It, but it is like, oh, these the two 40 year olds whose lives are such wrecks the show is just are just like, gonna like almost get married again yeah, for the third it's time. Mostly, I love it. It's mostly the regression that really gets me every time. Like, ugh, every time we see them like pretending to get married, it's an intense character regression for both of them, which is why I can't, you know, like you talk about Anthropology 101, it's like a power struggle. Like that's the whole reason they're doing this. I mean, I, I come from the Lost fandom oh, and okay. they're the romantic, the, the, the shipping sections of the Lost mm-hmm. fandom are the most violent place a person can escape. You know, it sometimes, is you, fall a, a into, sometimes you fall into them and you're like, oh my goodness, people, at the end of the day, this is still a show. Like, this is not <laughs> real. Like, what is that? Like, you just look around and it's like, it literally is like Troy coming back into the apartment and everything's on fire. Like, what is happening with these people around here? Like, <laughs> what is day, going on? At the end of the day, like, yeah, it's, it's fun. I think that if it, you know, if shipping adds joy to your life, if you found people, because I know people who've, you know, found really great close friends through doing that, through particular, you know, shipping sections of, of fandoms, you do you. Like, you do that. But the second that it gets, like, toxic and crazy and people are, like, making death threats to one another, if you don't, you know, get on board whatever SS ship you happen to be on board, I'm like, y'all need to take a step back. This is still a fictional television show or movie and it ain't that important if you can devote this time may i may i point you in a direction of of somewhere where you can spend a lot more of your time more productively <laughs> like that's where, where... I, that's where i have to jump off i'm like okay the second that this starts to get like way too intense y'all like I'm, hmm. I'm done. I'm out. You can make something. You can help out yeah. a cause. Yeah, There's too. so many. In the end, in the and I love this show with all my heart. Mm-hmm. There's like almost nothing that means uh, more to me in the pop cultural sphere. However, it is a fake. Mm-hmm. And it's not a real thing. All of these people are married in real life to other people. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know maybe just pull back. Uh, uh, from Mystery Science Theater, repeat to yourself, it's just a show. Exactly. I should really just relax. Yeah. Uh, it's fine, absolutely. guys. Have fun. You do it's you. Fun. Love what you love. But at the end of the day, if it's eating up your personal, mental, emotional health and energy, it just isn't worth it. It's just, it's just, a, not, it's worth just it. not worth it. <laughs> Chill out. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Right. So uh, we, we might not wrap it up here, but Tell uh, the good people out there uh, what you're up to and where they can find you if they want more of your incredible Soapbox thoughts. Yeah, so if you would like Soapbox thoughts um, (laughs) about all things community, and we've been rewatching episodes, I've been having some of my friends on, uh, follow us on Twitter at at C-O-M-M Rewatch Pod. That's where we'll tweet out the newest episodes and things like that. I've done some fun things with other podcasters it's become really like a fun little community for all of us honestly um wink yeah see get it get it community yeah Um, i now pronounce you a community community yes very good um 
we are on Instagram and it's at community rewatch, super easy and simple. Um, we just did a really fun episode with the one and only Taryn Killam, who was the absolute nicest wow. human being. Yeah. Wow. He's super great. Um, so we talked to him a little bit about, uh, his episode and then we talked a lot about his show, single parents on ABC, um, which y'all should also watch if you liked community because it is a gem. Um, and yeah, we're going through all of this. We're almost done with season one. Um, and, uh, by the time this comes out, we will have wrapped up our season one with a discussion of Pascal's triangle revisited with our friend Yamina from fluffy town, also a community podcast. <laughs> Mazel tov on getting that name. Congratulations. You. you got in there early. Yes. You, I mean, you know, round of applause. You nailed it. It's that, that and six seasons in a podcast. You two really <laughs> we, fucking nailed we it. Like, somehow managed we were in the very early early uh wave of this and i was like oh good good on alex for getting six seasons in a podcast that's genius like in, <laughs> uh, thank you for your uh hostile takeover of my show i'm sure all of the <laughs> listeners are going to hop on a boat with lavar burton yep. and uh make their way over to you As they should. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> on that oh, thank, thank you for having me This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.